My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 135 of The Kate Show, and today I'm talking about the four email newsletters that you could be using for your home industry business. Now here's the issue, guys. Figuring out what to say in an email newsletter can leave a lot of home pros feeling super duper bewildered. But, you know, you've seen the stats. Email marketing is 40 times more effective than social media. And if you aren't sending out a newsletter, you already likely know this. You are missing out on new leads if you ignore your email contacts. Your email contacts, by the way, usually consist of past clients and past leads. Or if you're brand new to business, then it would be the people who are signing up for your lead magnet. That's all good and well. But when you have those contacts, even if you only have five of them, You still need to be reaching out to them on a monthly basis, perhaps even twice a month. But what do you say in that newsletter in order to actually turn those leads into clients or those past clients into repeat clients or simply get those past clients to refer you to some awesome new clients? Well, in today's episode of The Kate Show, I'm sharing actual scripts taken from four of some of the most loved email newsletter templates in my membership, Socialite Vault. So if you want to see the design and layout of these email newsletters and not just hear me read the scripts, then you need to go to the show notes for this episode. So just head over to thekateshowpodcast.com, go to episode 135 to see the video tour. But we are going to dive in regardless into exactly what these newsletters say and why they work. So without further ado, let's get started. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Email marketing is the successful business owner's best kept secret. It's often overshadowed by social media, it's often called archaic, but because of that, it is also so sadly underused. I hate to say this, guys, but if you are not using email marketing, you're missing out on thousands of dollars in business, either every month or every year. As somebody who, both you know, personally and who helps others make thousands of dollars in new projects, primarily through email conversions, I do have really strong opinions about email marketing. So if you're not sending a monthly newsletter to your contact list, you are not doing your due diligence as a business owner. I know that really cuts to the chase, doesn't it? But it's true. And I get why a lot of people are not doing it. Many entrepreneurs in the home industry don't send email newsletters for some legitimate yet super unproductive reasons. And I've narrowed it down to six, so here they are. They aren't sure what to say. They don't have time. They don't have the ability to do this consistently, which is key. They think they don't have a mailing list, or they really and actually don't have a mailing list, or they've tried email marketing before and they've had limited or no success, and therefore they're like, why should I try it again? Well, there's a lot I can say on that. If you aren't sure what to say in an email newsletter, you have to go back to who your ideal client is and talk about their problems. A lot of people think when they send out a newsletter, they need to just talk about their business, what they've been up to, and that is where it falls apart because until these people actually know that you understand them, they're really not going to care what you've been up to. You can share your services, absolutely, but you have to share them from the standpoint of how they are the perfect solution to your ideal client's problems. 
And if you just don't have the time to dedicate to creating and sending out a newsletter, or if there's no way you're going to remember how to do it consistently, you're not without hope. I mean, honestly, it's time to outsource that task if that's where you find yourself. Aside from your website design, ensuring that you have consistent and effective email marketing is honestly the most lucrative marketing investment you'll ever make. And you can just look at stats on that, which I have included in the show notes of this episode. But you guys have heard me say these stats before. The biggest one being, of course, that email marketing is 40 times more effective than Facebook. I mean, that one alone should make everybody stop and just think, wait a minute, why am I not doing this? Now, the other stat I will point out is that every dollar spent on email marketing has data proving that the return is $42. So for every $1, the return is $42. That level of ROI is insane. It's not something you'll likely ever see from a Facebook ad, a Google ad, or any other digital marketing piece. It is crazy. It's big enough that you just can't ignore it anymore. But here's the question, like, why is email marketing so effective? Well, I could give you the data all day long, but instead, let's just look at this from a human perspective. Of the two options, the two scenarios I'm about to share with you, tell me, which one is more meaningful? So the first one is, your friend posts an image on social media for all their friends to see, including you. You can like it, you can comment, you can share it, and that's fantastic, right? Well, here's the other scenario. Your friend sends you a direct message or an email specifically to you. Which one means more to you? Which one is more impactful? Obviously the second one, right? Now, the only medium more impactful than sending a direct email or a direct message is a video message, which by the way, are often included in email newsletters these days. The fact that you can get in front of your ideal client the same way you get in front of a friend is game changing for your marketing and therefore for your business. And by the way, if you're thinking, oh, do I need to start sending video messages now? Should I include those in my newsletters? You can, but you don't have to because there's something about a written message. So whether it was a handwritten note to your favorite client thanking them for working with you, whether it was a quick video message to a specific client, I mean, those things are extremely impactful, but it's not practical to ask a business owner to take selfie videos and email them out to their entire contact list because, like, who has time for that? A handwritten note to each of your past clients each month would be awesome too, or if you just called them directly, that would be awesome, but it is not practical. So email marketing is something that is practical and is strategic because it allows you to send a message in mass to everyone as though it's just to them. It takes your conversation off social media and into a much more personal space, their inbox. Now, your goal as a business owner who uses email marketing should be to educate and inspire or entertain with each newsletter that you send. You need to avoid straight-up sales emails that flaunt your discounts or talk about your promotions. And to help you out with this, I know it can be hard. It would be so hard to figure out what to say. So to inspire you and to make creating your next email newsletter much faster and easier, I am sharing four email template scripts, and I actually threw in a bonus one, so I guess technically there's five. Below the show notes, you're going to see actual video tours, so you can figure out how I've actually designed this, laid it out, but I'm also just going to read the text for you because I want this to get the wheels turning. Now, quick caveat, if you're like, this sounds great, and can't I just, like, take this script and run with it? Well, if you can write as fast as I can talk, absolutely. But the truth is, we already have these newsletters created. They're really easy to use templates. We actually have hundreds of them. 
and they're specific to the home industry. So if that's something that interests you, you can go sign up for my membership. But regardless, guys, let's just talk about some of these email newsletters. They're some of the most loved newsletters from all my members. And I just want to share them with you because I think it's going to help get those creative juices flowing. So the first one I want to talk about is specific to window treatments. And the title is Top 3 Do's and Don'ts for Designer Window Treatments. Look like you know what you're doing even if you don't. So this is meant for retail window treatment workrooms or companies to send out to their clients. But it's also something that you can send out if you are a trade-only workroom and you, you want to work with designers. And there are actually a lot of designers out there who don't know the ins and outs of window treatments. So this is your opportunity to educate them and connect with them. So here's how it opens. Obsessed with Roman shades or airy drapery? Love the rich texture of natural woven shades? There's a good reason for that. Window treatments are the primary way to finish a space and give it that designer aesthetic. If you already have window treatments but feel like they just don't look right, you'll love our quick tips on how to improve. And then it dives into the three main points, which is rod height, drapery length, layers, and combos. So basically how to use more than one type of window treatment on the same window. And these topics are generated from member requests. And a lot of the research is done both by me, but then also by asking actual window treatment workroom owners, how does this work? How should I be talking about this? Because I'm not a workroom owner. I'm not an interior designer. So I get the ideas and the knowledge from the people who are actually doing this every single day. So to give you an idea, here is what I talk about when I say rod height. The biggest pet peeve of every designer or window treatment pro includes drapery rods that are hung just above the window opening and that don't extend at least six inches past the sides of that opening. This low and narrow placement makes the window look small and can make the entire room look poorly designed. Drapery rods should be placed as close to the ceiling as possible and extend past the sides of the window to allow the drapery panels to be completely pulled aside to reveal the entire glass pane when open. That is huge. I see this all the time, even in some professional photography. I'm like, what is happening here? I can tell a window treatment professional was not involved in this project. So if you are a window treatment pro, or let's say you are a designer and you are selling window treatments through a workroom that you're collaborating with, then you can certainly use an email like this because it's going to give helpful information to people, but it is not appealing to the DIY market, okay? You're not trying to get people to go do it themselves because honestly, at this point, they've tried it themselves most likely and they've failed and they don't want to waste any more money. They want to get it done right and they see you as a professional there to help them. So this goes on to talk about drapery length. Like a common issue with store-bought drapery is that the panels often fall short of the floor. In turn, it makes your walls look shorter and it just looks awkward, similar to when you put on a pair of slacks only to realize they've shrunk in the wash. How weird. Designer drapery should fall around an eighth to a quarter of an inch above the flooring, but letting the panels gracefully brush the floor is a great look too. And that's where it comes back to the design of the entire space. So again, if you're a designer, you can expound on that or you can just keep it short and sweet. Because again, remember, email newsletters are not like blog posts. In fact, they don't have a lot of similarities to blog posts. A lot of people think that you are interchangeable, but they're not. In a newsletter, you have to be to the point and you have to be succinct because if someone opens your email and they see that it's like a book, they're going to just delete it. They're going to be like, no, thank you. This is too much. So it goes on to talk about layers and combos. Window treatments look like the most designer when used in layers. 
Rather than hanging drapery panels and calling it a day, consider adding woven shades, Roman shades, or faux or real wood blinds. Using window treatments in combination provides the most practicality, meeting your light blocking and privacy needs. Plus, it's a great way to add more texture, color, and pattern to your space. If you're ready for designer windows, you don't need to keep waiting. Just reply to this email to book a consultation. And then I also have some design highlights, talk about Roman shades, and then a design tip about the importance of investing in window treatments. And it ends with a call to action about, again, inquiring about your services, booking a consult, whatever you want. That is a newsletter that is powerful because it is not saying buy one, get one free, or we offer free consultations because that will attract the wrong type of person. But this is showing the issues and then how you solve those issues. And it's also got a little bit of humor in it because honestly, that's how humans respond best. So something to keep in mind. Now we can move on to talking about professional organizers. I know there are some of you listening right now who are like, does Kate even write email content for professional organizers? Well, the answer is yes. And that is new as of summer 2020, but we are amassing more and more content around that industry. So if you are a professional organizer, or if you just happen to include organization or styling even as a big part of what you do as a designer, then you can send out emails related to that because it's going to impact people in different ways. They're going to have different needs. Maybe they don't realize they need a designer and they think they just need an organizer. There is some overlap. Or maybe you've collaborated or partnered with a designer or an organizer and you know that by referring them, it will circle back to you. So you have to look at this from multiple angles. But when you start to do that, it helps get out of the rut of, I don't know what to say in my email newsletter. So the newsletter I have in front of me right now, and one that you'll see in the show notes, is all about the three forms of emotional clutter to conquer. It helps you curate and organize your home. And I think this is a very timely message because everyone's been stuck in their home quite a bit, and they're ready to renovate their kitchen. They're ready to sort out their closet. It is just a time of renewal and frustration all mixed together. So here's how it opens. In an age of minimalism and mindfulness, many of us are presented with junk drawers and cluttered countertops filled with items that need to be sorted, donated, or disposed of. However, as complex human beings, we also have another home hurdle to conquer, and that is emotional clutter. If you find yourself unable to part with mementos from the past, ones that you rarely remember to look at but never seem to let go of, you might be experiencing emotional clutter. If you feel guilty re-gifting or donating the trinkets that have been given to you throughout the years and you find them taking up more and more space in your life and your home, you're likely experiencing the results of emotional clutter. Today we're talking about the three main types of emotional clutter and how to sort and conquer them. So it goes on to talk about the mementos from yesteryear, the gifts that you keep getting, and the confusing, uncategorized clutter that is in that junk drawer or on that countertop. And then it also ends with different organization tips and a call to action to book a consult with you. We always want to take someone to the next step of the sales funnel. And actually, email newsletters are pretty much the end of the sales funnel. So from there, it's easy. You can make the ask and say, click here to book a consult with me or reply to this email to get a conversation going. That is a great way to meet your potential clients where they are at. And the reason this newsletter has done so well is because it has the emotional aspect really going for it. Every decision we make as humans 
is emotional. Even if it looks like it might be a financial decision or a legal decision or whatnot, it's still influenced heavily by emotion. So make sure that when you are figuring out what to say in your email newsletter, that you actually take time to think about how your potential client or your ideal client is feeling and how they're going to feel about the specific topic that you are sharing in your newsletter. Now, we can move on to how home stagers can do this as well, because I don't want to leave you guys out. Home staging is not the same as organizing, is not the same as interior design. You guys are really an industry all your own. I like to think of you as honestly a cousin to interior design. And the newsletter that I have to kind of spark creativity for you guys is three ways home staging will sell your house for above listing price. And it opens like this. Whether you're trying to sell a vacant home or one that is full of belongings, you'll be able to win over a motivated buyer with these sneaky yet truthful tactics based in psychology. So right away, I'm establishing that this home stager is not just going in and rearranging furniture, okay? It's not about professional reordering of items. It is about marketing strategy for real estate agents. And that is the part that as a home stager, you really have to drive home with people. It is not as simple as saying, oh, we're going to move the sofa over there and we're going to hang a picture above the fireplace and we're going to call it a day and then your house is going to sell and it's going to be wonderful. It's so much more than that. It's number one, backbreaking work. And number two, it is about having an eye for how things are going to look on camera because, you know, MLS photos, hello. And also about the feeling that people will get when they walk into that house for a showing, for the open house, and making sure that it does appeal to the type of person who would be attracted to that type of house anyway. So making sure the furnishings are the appropriate aesthetic, the appropriate size for the room. There's so much that goes into this, and I do not think people realize, I don't think real estate agents realize how much effort goes into a staging project. So that's why I open with that. We then go into three main points. Setting the stage, whether you're doing an occupied stage or a vacant stage, and then evoking an emotion and inviting the potential buyer to stay, to linger a little bit longer. That's a really good phrase that I keep using. <laughs> but, um, okay, so here's what it says. Number one, set the stage. A good home stager will either use existing furniture, decor, and household items to create an arrangement, or bring in items from their own warehouse, or perhaps a combination. Whatever they do will end up looking like this, a home that was designed professionally. Or they might end up supplementing missing or outdated pieces with the high-end rented items, especially if you're selling a vacant home. Oh, and that clutter in your occupied listing? Poof, gone. Number two, evoke an emotion. Your home stager will create an ambiance using accent lighting like lamps and floral touches and table arrangements to achieve nearly any positive emotion. Want the kitchen to appear as though you're about to throw a charming dinner party? Consider it staged and sold. Number three, invite them to stay. New bed linens, mounds of throw pillows, new shower curtains, rolled bath towels and decorative baskets, everything your home stager can make the space feel hotel ready. That is something that is universally welcoming, at least in, you know, most first world countries. That is an important aspect because you're going back to the emotion of it. So you opened with, you know, like the hard facts, like this is a strategy, this is marketing for real estate, but then you end with something that's much more important, the emotion. Now this newsletter also includes some staging stats, some staging tips for realtors, because you can give a realtor, you know, a tip or two about staging and they might implement it, they might not. 
either way, they're going to realize, oh, this is like a little bit more than I bargained for as far as the time and effort it takes. So I think I'm going to reach out to that stager because their tip was good. I just don't want to be the one to do it. That's the thought process behind it. And then, of course, just like all the other newsletters, it does end with a call to action so that they can move from just reading your newsletter to actually hiring you. The next newsletter I want to share with you is specific to a design build or architectural firm. And it's also good for remodelers. So it's four things to know before hiring a remodeler, a design build firm, whatever you want to put in the blank. And here's how it opens. If you're ready to spruce up your home this season, you've likely thought of hiring a remodeler. You're nervous though. You don't know what to expect. And you keep having thoughts like, what's the sign of a great remodeling contractor? What if they don't listen to what I want? Is this going to be really expensive? And couldn't I just do this myself? Rest easy because your remodeler is here to be your friend, not an opposing force. Here are the four things that you need to know. Number one, will your remodeler be a good fit for you? Well, do your homework before hiring them. Do they have a nice website with a portfolio and testimonials? Are they active and well-liked on social media? Can you talk to at least two homeowners who have worked with them and liked them? Number three, will your remodeler be a good listener? Speaking just for ourselves here, we take detailed notes on our client's lifestyle, family dynamic, and preferences. If you're working with an interior designer or window treatment pro, we'll collaborate with them too. Number three, will your remodel be expensive? That's a tricky one, right? What one client considers expensive, another client will consider to be normal. Tell us what your budget is, or we'll ask, and let us work within those parameters. Many factors contribute to the final cost of a remodeling project, including the flooring, cabinets, and hardware you choose, the size of the project, and the amount of work required. When you work with us, we'll provide a detailed contract that will remove any doubts and set your mind at ease so that you can really enjoy your project as it happens. Number four, can't I just do this myself? Sure you can. Many homeowners are inspired by DIY shows, and that's great as long as you know your own limitations and abilities. If you plan on remodeling your space, consider asking a remodeling contractor for advice. We're happy to answer your questions and to provide consultations. If you need a break, hand it off to us because we are here for you. You see what I did at that last point? I am not trying to shame the DIYers or the potential DIYers because that would be bad PR. But instead, I'm saying, look, yeah, you can do it yourself, but why don't you just ask us for a little bit of guidance? Once they ask you for guidance, you can show them the intricate details of the project and the many things that need to be done. And then naturally, that homeowner is going to look at you and be like, oh my goodness, I need your help. And that's not about you being salesy or slimy. That's about you telling them the truth. That's about you not wanting them to get in over their head and then spend more money doing it themselves and then have to hire you anyway. So that is just honestly about marketing confidently and knowing that you do not have to argue people into working with you. They will naturally do it as long as you are putting out the right message. As always, that newsletter ends with a design trend, a design tip of the month. And then one thing I did not mention is all these newsletters already come with images, but you can use your own. Or if you're just listening to what I'm saying and you're like, okay, this is giving me an idea for my own newsletter. Fantastic. You don't have to use a template. You can go do your own. I hope that this is really giving you some inspiration. Just make sure that you end your newsletter with your headshot, a short bio, and that call to action. Those things are super important. The next one I want to show you, <laughs> well, if you're looking at show notes, that is. The next one I want to tell you about is something that is a little bit more geared toward design build firms who have like a showroom or interior designers who are really into the furniture aspect of things, because I know some of you aren't, some of you are. 
So this one is about the benefits of luxury custom furniture. Style, color, pattern, and usability for your life. It's the title. Here is how it opens. My furniture doesn't last more than a few years. I don't like any of the sofa or the armchair options I see in store. We've heard these comments and many more over the years, which is why we specialize in custom furniture. Whether you have a unique design need or you want a heightened sense of style for your home, you'll find so many more ways to furnish your home through custom avenues. If you're curious about selecting and ordering custom furniture and want more explanation as to what you can expect, keep reading. And then it dives into the three main points. Number one, custom furniture is comfortable. A question we get a lot is, how will I know if it's comfortable if I can't sit in it first? Well, here's the answer. Because custom furniture can't necessarily be tested on site, we completely understand this concern. To solve it, we attend interior design markets to personally test furniture from custom manufacturers. When assisting you with your furniture options, we select pieces based on your height, cushion support preferences, and your use of the piece, such as, will you lie on the sofa or just sit on it? Number two, custom furniture is beautiful. You might have a client who asks, how do I know if I will like it if I can't see it? Here is what the newsletter says. We carefully select the right pieces for your home and collaborate with you on the details and finishes. The goal of custom furniture design is to make each piece work well with each other and with the entire space. This means we need to avoid matchy-matchy furniture that is often found in big box showrooms, focusing on mixing various patterns, textures, and materials for a truly well-designed space. And then number three, custom furniture is a valid investment. Now, you might have someone that says, I can find cheaper furniture elsewhere. Why do I need to order from you? And here's what the newsletter says. Yes, you completely can. And you'll be limited to just a few colors and materials, all of which tend not to last more than a few years. With custom furniture, you have access to many finishes, detailing options, and thousands of fabrics, including performance options that withstand children, pets, and the messes they tend to create. We use design elements and principles to guide us in making these selections, ensuring that you won't be overwhelmed. You'll be inspired. And then, of course, it ends with all the usual design tips of the month, design trends, headshot bio, and a call to action, moving them closer to actually booking a project with you. So those are the four plus, plus one bonus, so I guess five, of email newsletter templates that have been some of the most loved in the membership. And I hope that this has really inspired you guys to, to start email marketing. Because remember, your email list should be comprised of past clients, past leads, and if you've never worked with a client a day in your life, then you have to make sure that you have a lead magnet out there on your website and that you're sharing it regularly on social media to build that email list. You don't need a huge list to get started. Like I said before, if you've got five people on your list, you should still send a newsletter because all it would take is for each person to refer you to one more person or one person to refer you to three or four people for you to really start growing your business. So I hope that you take this season to really evaluate whether or not you should get started with email marketing. And if you've done it before and it didn't work, maybe this episode has revealed to you why it didn't work. Were you inconsistent with it? Were you talking about too many things in a newsletter to the point where people didn't know what the point of it was? Or was it just too long? Look at all of that and then figure out how you can revise your strategy and get started again. Because trust me, email marketing is something that can honestly work for, you know, I have to say pretty much everyone. I can't say almost everyone because obviously I don't know everyone's business, but the stats are in and they are showing that if you're not email marketing, you're really missing out and you could really be hurting your business. So something to keep in mind. Now, if you have questions about email marketing, 
if you just want to talk about your frustrations with it and why isn't it working for you, and I'd be happy to help you. You can head over to my Facebook group, Marketing for Home Pros, and just post your question in the group. We have a lot of people in the group who have been using email marketing successfully to land thousands and thousands of dollars in projects, and then we have some people who are just getting started. So we're here to learn from each other, and of course, I'm around to help you troubleshoot and pinpoint what on earth is going on. All right, guys, until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.